us this morning. And pray this prayer is been impressed upon my mind this morning. It's a very simple prayer, but it's one that is based upon the commitment between you and God. It's one for which the only judge is God. It's a very simple prayer point. And it says, Father, let me not fail you. Let me not do what? Let me not fail you. I'm not talking about my expectation. I'm not talking about pastor's expectation. But there is a day of reckoning between God and myself. There is something that God expects of me. Open your mouth and say, Lord, let me not do what? Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Tell the Lord. Say, Father, let me not fail you. I don't want to fail you, O Lord. Let me not fail you, O Lord. Let me not fail you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray this prayer. It's very important for someone in the house today. That Lord, let me not fail you. Let me not fail you. Let me not fail you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, let me not fail you. Lord, let me not fail you. Your expectation of me shall not be in vain. Yes, Lord, your expectation of me shall not be in vain, O Lord. O le your expectation of me shall not be in vain. Amen. The songwriter said, Must I go an empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to bless him must I empty-handed. Must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul to greet him. with which to greet him. Must I empty and then go? Must I empty and One more time. Must I go and empty and must I make my Savior so not one soul with which to greet him? Must I empty and dead? That songwriter is asking himself, will I go empty-handed? When I stand before by my maker, what, do I, what have I brought for him? Is there any soul that I would say, Lord, because of me, this man has made heaven. Because of me, this woman has made heaven. Or shall it be look at you and say, oh, because of you, 20 people have gone to hell. 
If you are the one leading men to hell, can you make heaven? Somebody answer me. If you are the one leading people to hell, can you make heaven? We are going to take that prayer point again and say, Father, let me not fail you. You have an expectation of me. Let me not fail you, O Lord. Let me not fail you, O Lord. Let, more, let me not fail you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Remember, I said the only judge is God. But you know how you are performing. You know what you are doing. Let me not fail you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus. Mazerabos kalianda itragabo. Iproske limasito liandragabo. Oh, zikamo sato lindaria. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Cast me not away from your presence, O oh Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, restore unto me. Thy joy of thy salvation are renewed. I renew thy spirit within me. Cast me not away. Oh, cast me not away from your presence, O oh Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Spirit within me, sing it one more time. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, restore unto me. Joy of thy salvation, unreal arise spirit within me. That is the song of a man who was a Christian who is no longer a Christian. That's the song of a sister who knew the Lord, but for whom the Lord is now saying, I don't know you. David killed Uriah and he took his wife. For a wife. Nobody knew except maybe one man. But there is a God in heaven. Tell somebody there is a God in heaven. Daniel said there is a God in heaven that runneth the affairs of mankind. That God was looking. And there was a day of reckoning that that God came. And he spoke to David. And David repented. That's the key thing. David did what? The question is will you repent? Can you ask your neighbor, will you repent? David repented, and when he repented, he sang, I mean, he made those statements, which you have turned into that song. It's in Psalm 51. We are going to sing that song one more time before we sit down. Sing it with all of your heart. Sing it with commitment. Sing it as if you mean it. The Lord is talking to someone here today. You don't need to go empty-handed. You can only fail God if you choose to fail God. It's here that you will not fail him. Cast me not away 
from your presence, oh Lord. Take Lord your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Thy salvation. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, today speak to us. Touch us. Let your touch be permanent upon our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seats. All welcome to his presence. What does Junior want? Amen. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. I know some of our children would love to go to the children's church, uh, but the teachers are saying that uh, because of uh, protocol, whatever COVID protocol, that there's an age that they cannot control. So they are giving some age limits as to what they can take in at the moment. We have all the facilities there, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So please bear with us. We are just gradually, the children's church has been shut down for, I don't know, close to two years now. But we are reopening the church, and that's what we are trying to do. So we will get there in Jesus' name. Galatians 4.19, my little children, of whom I travel in bars again until Christ be formed in you. We've been looking at this passage now for about maybe three, four weeks. And the topic we've been looking at is Christ in you. Christ in you. And we said there are five things that Christ in you does in you. Amen? We said number one, Christ in you gives you what? Grace. We said, Christ in you enriches you in utterance and knowledge. In what? Utterance and knowledge. We said, Christ in you gives you gifts. So if you are going to obtain gifts from God, you need who? You need Christ to be where? Not foul mouth. You know some people, the only thing you know them for is when they say, oh, jeez. Or when they say, some people will push out, Jesus. You talk of Jesus, they don't know anything about Jesus. But they know how to do what? Just shout the name for nothing. That's not what we're talking about. Christ in you gives you gifts. Christ in you gives you life. And Christ in you makes you what? A testimony. Someone here today will be a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you'll be a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. And we began to look at stages in the development when Christ in you is in you. We said number one, there are babes in Christ. Then we have those who are growing in Christ. Then we have those who are instructors in Christ. And today we want to look at teachers of the gospel. We want to look at what? Or rather, instructors are teachers. We want to look at fathers in the gospel. Right? That's what I mean. We want to look at what? Instructors are teachers. But we want to now go to the next level, which is what? Fathers in the gospel. And when we say fathers... Uh, our sisters might be saying, okay, today is for men. No. Fathers in the gospel could be a man 
or what? A woman. We're not talking about biological father now. We're talking about spiritual father. I'm sure if the uh, writers of the gospel have their leeway, instead of say, just saying father, they will say what? Fathers and what? So our mothers are not left off. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 4, 16, Paul made a statement. 1 Corinthians 4, 16. He said, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye what? Be ye followers of me. You know, we pray that prayer. I don't know. The Lord strongly impressed that prayer upon my mind. That, Father, let me not fail you. Now, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me, of me. In your Christian race, can you confidently ask somebody to follow you? Are you with me this morning? We're talking about fathers in the gospel. And I've said that fathers does not exclude who? Does not exclude mothers. We're talking about fathers in the gospel. That means you have birthed somebody in ministry. You have bathed somebody in the Lord and you are bringing that person up. Now Paul said, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Can you, in all honesty, tell somebody, be ye followers of me? If that man, that woman accepts to follow you, where are you leading that person to? Can you ask your neighbor, where are you leading that person to? And it's very important. Are you leading the person to heaven or to what? There are no alternatives. There's no gray matter in between. It's either you are in a journey to eternity in heaven or a journey to eternity in where? In hell. What are the attributes of a father? There are fathers in the gospel. Number one, the father is a teacher with proof in the children. The father is what? So, last time we were talking about this, we talked of instructors. It's a general term. You can instruct, you can teach anyone. Like we had Sunday school this morning. And we had our teacher teaching us some things from the, from the, from the, from the, from the, uh, from the Bible. But when we talk of a father, a father is a teacher with proof in, in who? In who? The children are the proof of the teach, teaching. What's the, uh, what's the right word? The proof of the, the teaching of the father. The children are the proof of the teaching of the mother. Does anybody remember the name of the founder of the Methodist Church? And, ma? John Wesley, right? John Wesley. And we are told that he had how many brothers? You remember? Seven brothers. All of them were, I mean, the, mom, the woman had either seven or eight boys. The famous ones that we know are John and Charles Wesley. What differentiated them out? Why did they succeed in ministry? Why did they succeed in the call of God upon their lives? The prayers of who? Somebody with me. The prayers of who? Are, we don't know. At least I don't. Maybe, maybe you people know. You might know this, the story more than I do. But I don't know anything about their father. But I know one thing about their mother. 
their mother brought them up on what? On her knees. So when we are talking about sons in ministry, those children are not just the biological children of that woman. They are what? Spiritual children. That's, what, that's very important. That's very important. The father is a teacher with proof in the children. That woman had a proof in her children. And that's why today we are talking about the Methodist church. And the children always made reference to the work their mother did in their lives. In the book of uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, 1 Corinthians 4, 17, Paul said, For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which are in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. So Timothy was to Paul a son. A son, of course, with the little that we know. From the time he gave his life to Christ to the end, we know that so, I mean, Paul was not married. He possibly was married before, I don't know. Bible scholars have all manner of theories. But we know the Bible makes us to understand he was not married. But he had Timothy for a son in the ministry. Because he was able to teach him. And Timothy accepted the teaching. When you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, from verse 6 to verse 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 to 9, the Bible says, This word which I commanded this day shall be in thine heart. Next verse. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Very important. Teach them how? Diligently. diligently. The teaching of the word of God unto your children is whose responsibility? Whose responsibility? And I want the parents to be here that are here to answer me. Whose responsibility is the teaching of the word of God to your children? I want somebody who will say it's my responsibility. Are we together? Is it the teacher's responsibility? When I say teacher, is it the responsibility of the school to teach your children the word of God? Of course, we are all at school in the Western world. You know what they teach our children at school? Is that not so? They teach them things that are contrary to what you teach them at home. That's if I told you teach them anything at home. And so if you don't teach them anything at home, there's a vacuum in the heart of the child that will be filled by what? The nonsense they are being taught at school. That's why the Bible here says, you shall teach them unto your children. Brethren, and it doesn't just say teach them. He said you will teach them how? Diligently. 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 Not flippantly. Not just, ah, do you know about Pastor? Oh, John 3.16. Oh, that's very well. You are doing very well. And then you, 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 have, you face your laptop. And then you tell the child to go and be looking at, uh, 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 what do they call that? Is it Caillou and all those funny things that they watch on the TV? That I've now started teaching the children the ways of the gay and lesbian couple. Do you realize that? Do you realize that? Somebody is not answering me. Children uh, uh, um, programs on TV now, now teach them about gay and lesbian couples. Teach them about what they call same-sex couples. If that is the direction you want that child to grow in, fine. 
But if you want them to grow in the ways of the Lord, you must teach them how? Diligently. Let those children know what is right versus what is wrong. The Bible is not a book of accommodation. The Bible is a book that spells out what is what, what is right versus Many are times when we say this is what the Bible says. They say you are being judgmental. <laughs> Good enough. You know, the Bible says there will be a day of what? So I'm just being like my father. I am being like the person that has sent me on an assignment. He said because you are neither cold nor hot, I will do what? I will speak out of my mouth. You are either hot or you are cold. The Bible is not a book of compromise. It's a book that, I mean, it's the word of God that tells us, you want to go to heaven? Somebody should answer me. You want to go to heaven? There is a way. Who is the way? That's why he said, I am the way. John chapter 14 verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but what? By me. There's something they call secular humanism. But whatever it means, it will not take you to heaven. It's not going to take you to heaven. It teaches you how to accommodate things that God will not accommodate. Teach them diligently unto your children. He said, thou shalt teach them. Talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. When you rise up. You bind them for a sign upon your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house. And on thy gate. Abraham had a testimony. Amen. In Genesis chapter 18. The Lord says. Shall I hide from Abraham the things which I do? Look at verse 18. I'm I, I aside from verse 17. Genesis 18 from I said from verse 17. Verse 18. It says, See that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I know him. Tell somebody God knows you. As if we say, God knows you. He said, For I know him. He will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. To do justice and judgment. To do what? That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which has spoken of him. You see, the Lord said, I know him. God knows you. Your child comes and asks a question based on the scripture and says, oh, uh, don't, don't, don't bother about that. The fundamentals, the basics, the things that will make these children to grow in the ways of the Lord. It is the prayers that are washing them out of the heart of the child. Brethren, we are not called to conform. We are called to be different. Just somebody, we are called to be different. That's why the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. How much salt do you need to make the soup sweet? Anybody wants to tell me? Very little. Very little. I'm sure, that, I mean, a, a spoonful of salt, tablespoonful of salt will make the soup uneatable. You are called to be the salt of the earth wherever you are. You are not called to conform. The father is a teacher. We are talking about fathers in the, in the gospel. Number two, the father is a source. S-O-U-R-S-E. The father is what? He's a source. 
In other words, there are many things the children do, do not know that the first knowledge of what they know will come from who? From the father. Will come from the mother. We are talking spiritually now. In the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 to verse 17, you see the instruction that God gave Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When the instruction was given to Adam, he was the only one there. In fact, to the best of our knowledge, Eve was not yet created. But he said that he did not pass the information across very well. Or Sister Eve decided that I don't like what my husband has told me. Either way, Adam was a bad teacher. Is that not so? Because they went contrary to that instruction that God gave to them. But I say the father is a source. There is no way Eve could have known that instruction except what? Except, if, uh, uh, I mean, Adam told her. Many things our children will not know, spiritually speaking, except we do what? We tell them, you are the source. The, 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 the boy will see a toy and say, Daddy, what is this? Whatever you call it is what it is for that boy. Is that not so? The father is a source. Remember when I say father, I also mean what? I'm using the terminology of the, of the scriptures. What you tell the boy is what he takes from you. What you tell the girl is what she takes from you. What is this? You are a source. You are a source of knowledge. The responsibility to teach the household is yours. How well are you taking this responsibility? Are you toying with it? Are you playing with it? You know, every time we have baby dedication, we go to that passage that says, children are what? The heritage of the Lord. You know what that means? You know, once in a while, if, you, if you've gone to the ghost station uh, in downtown, there's a building there. The city of Bari or of whoever, or Ontario, I don't know whoever it is. They spent a lot of money to make sure that building did not collapse. Because it is called what? It's a heritage. Ontario, there, there are some buildings that are designated heritage facilities in Ontario. And it's one of them. And they will go to any extent to make sure whatever makes that building historical is not destroyed. When the Bible says children are the heritage of the Lord, children are responsibilities in your hand. You are expected to do what? Bring them up in the ways of the Lord. You are the source. Everything they know in life begins with you. The foundation you lay for them will determine how they grow. Fathers in ministry. Number three, the father is a giver. The father is what? He's a giver. We know our heavenly father. The Bible says God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. John 3, 16. He so loved the world that he gave. And his example is what we follow. When you go to verse uh, uh, 17, the Bible says, For God sent not his son, into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
In other words, the giving that the father gives is what? It's for a purpose. The father gives with a purpose, with an intention. With an intention. In the case of Jesus, Jesus was given to us to save us. To save us. To ensure that we told the path of eternity. To ensure that we are not lost. To ensure that we don't miss this heaven. To ensure that what the devil lost is our gain. Do you realize that, brethren? That's why the devil is so adamant to make sure that he, 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 he diverts the path of the children of God. Because what he lost is your gain. Tell somebody what the devil lost. No, it's my gain. As it say, what the devil lost is my gain. That should tell you why the guy is so vehement in trying to distract you from the way. That's why you are in the house from morning to night. The phone does not ring. Is that not so? But the moment you decide to pray, what happens? The moment you decide, I want to pray for maybe just five minutes. As you begin to pray and maybe you are beginning to enjoy, the phone will ring. That's a distraction of the devil. It doesn't matter who is calling. Since morning, that phone did not ring. And then you pick the phone. And then you find out that it's a telemarketer. And you have disrupted your prayer. And you can no longer go back to the level you were before that devilish call came in. That's his work. His work is to cause distractions. Given is an act of love, brethren. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, who died for us? Christ. Christ. So, the sacrifice of Christ is a challenge that calls you and I to a life of sacrifice. To what? If I ask many of us here today, how did you go to school? I'm not talking about those of us that are going to school in Canada. Many of us, I mean, or maybe the children that are going to school in Canada, we know what our parents are going through. Many of us know the things our parents went through. To do what? To send us to school. It's not everybody that went to uh, well, go, uh, free government schools. To buy that book. To make, they have to make sacrifices. And my question for you and I this morning, how much sacrifices are you making for the spiritual development of those children? There's an adage where I come from that says, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interplay of, of words, that the children you don't train, the house you build, what will the children do? They will sell it. So you think you have a house, I have a house, and that, and that. that child you did not train. When the child grows and is mature, what will he do? He will sell the house. And you think you have put a heritage somewhere. You've wasted. As far as that house is concerned, if there, you have no investment in the life of that child, it's a wasted life. Your lifetime will not be wasted in Jesus' name. And you know many of us, that's the way we are chasing shadows. We are chasing things that are of no eternal value. To the detriment of the right foundation for the future of these children. 
to God be the glory, where my father is today, I believe he's in heaven. He can say that he did the, the little, I mean, his best, and he can see the result in the life of his children. And I believe God when it's my time to go if Christ tarries. I can see I did the best and I can see the result in who? In the lives of my children. That's the best heritage you can give. And I'm giving them the same talent. If Christ tarries and you have to go, your children must be able to say, our daddy gave us the right foundation. Our mommy did what? Gave us the right foundation. Jesus came as a gift. He died on the cross that you and I might make eternity. He has given us an example. Teach these children. Teach them the act of sacrifice. The act of giving. You know, I always tell us that love is not in what you say. Love is in what you do. Love is in how much sacrifice you are ready to make for that other person. And the Bible makes us understand one thing. You give to receive. You do what? If you don't give, you cannot do what? That's what... Let's assume that everybody here is born again. Everybody here is born again. If the rapture takes place today, this church will be empty. Is that not so? But God gave us how many children? Only one. He gave us just Jesus Christ. And all of us here are going to heaven because of who? Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. You give to receive. And that's it. You always get more than you did what? It's a universal principle, brethren. That's why it never pays the miser. It never pays the miserly. I hope whatever they give you, you understand what I'm saying? You don't give, you don't receive. I remember one uh, example that the Jew shared of a man who was so rich. He had money in Australia, in Nigeria, no? He had millions of dollars in Australia. Nobody knew until he died. So that money, was it of any use to him? Tell them what they give that you may receive. We always quote Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. The problem many of us have, or let me not say many of us, we're not at that level. The problem many people have is that because they did not teach their children in the way of the Lord, when they now become old and the children have grown, the children will do what? They will abandon them. They will forget them. Because they are not given the right training at the foundation. The training in the world. Unless a child is given that right foundation, there's no way. There's no way. I think we can take one more before we, we, before we round up. The father is a channel of blessings. The father is what? He's a channel of blessings. When God made man, in order for man to, to, to be able to operate on earth as God desires, God blessed him. We know that passage very well. Genesis chapter 1, verses 28 to 29. God blessed man. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. 
When the Lord destroyed mankind and he replaced everything he created with Noah, what did he do to Noah? He blessed him. Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. When God called Abram in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4, when he called him, he said, come, go where I'm going to send you, and I will do what? I will bless you. You see, in the case of Abraham, it was conditional. You obey me, I will do what? I will bless you. The, the, the way God started with Abraham is the way he deals with all of us. If you obey him, he will do what? He will bless you. He will bless you. I've shared this story with us of one of my brothers. I call all my relatives brothers. It makes life easy for me. He went to his father to greet him, and the father happens to be my father's elder brother, my father's immediate elder brother. So he went to his father to greet him, and the father said, oh, you are welcome, how are you, how have you been doing? Thank you for taking good care of me. The way you've been taking care of me, your children will take care of you. What did my brother do? He started crying. He broke down and was crying. Why? He knew he did not take care of that man. I said, what? But I've just said your children will take care of you. I said, no. He said, you are cursing me. He went and called elders in the house to come and beg his father for him. Because the father said, the way you've taken care of me, your children will take care of you. The father is a channel of blessing. God blessed Abraham. When Abraham was going he blessed his son Isaac. He blessed his son Isaac. The Bible just tells us that Isaac became very great. You will see the impact of the father upon the son. Think of it, brethren. If Abraham did not teach Isaac, when Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, it was already over 100 years old. Is that not so? Because the Bible tells us that Isaac was born when Abraham was how old? 100. And he went to sacrifice Isaac, and Isaac was a young man. Did Abraham have the strength to hold that man down? Anybody listening to me? Did he have the strength to hold Isaac down and say you want to sacrifice him? That's what they call one blow seven die. <laughs> yeah, the man, the guy would just uh, say, I think daddy is becoming senile. He will kick the man and run away. But because he had been taught of his father, when the father said, You are the sacrifice, the father actually didn't tell him you are the sacrifice, but he laid him down, put the fire and all that, and was going to take the knife. The boy was saying, I know my father will do what is right. And his father did what is right. And look at the life of Isaac. A peaceful life. God will give you a peaceful life. Yeah. Isaac just enjoyed blessings. You will enjoy blessings. Yeah. The things God released upon his father, all the journey and all that, that, I mean, when it was Isaac's time, Isaac began to do impossible things. God is talking to someone here today. You will do impossible things. I said you will do impossible things. 
the promises that have been given to your parents that maybe was not achieved in their lifetime, you will achieve in Jesus' name. And as God begins to speak to you and to bless you, you will lay a wonderful foundation for your children in the name of Jesus. The limitations of your parents, they are broken in your life in the name of Jesus. Whatever limitation has limited you up to this moment, the Lord is putting it in the name of Jesus. Your children will flourish. Somebody does not believe me. I say your children will flourish. I say your children will flourish. You are a channel of blessing. Through you, blessings will flow unto those children. They will live. I said they will live. Men will look at them and say, wow, how did you do it? That's what is called favor. Your children will live in favor. Your children will enjoy favor. The Bible says, thou shalt arise and have what? Mercy upon Zion. You will obtain mercy. Your generation will obtain mercy. Your children will obtain mercy. The favor of God will overshadow you. The things you don't qualify for, the good things you don't qualify for, will be given unto you. The good things you don't qualify for will be released into your life. You will go for interviews where you are the least qualified. They will give you that job. They will give you that contract. You must remember, though, brethren, that the foundation is in God. The foundation is in the living God. The foundation is in making up your mind that what the Lord has asked me to do is what I will do. Your future is guaranteed. Your future is assured. In the name of Jesus. I want us to pray for our fathers that are here today. Are there fathers in the house? Some people are not sure. Are there fathers in the house? If you are a father in the house, please rise on your feet. You are a father in this house, rise on your feet. Touch me. That's the word. Do what? Touch me. As the Lord wants somebody. Here am I. Touch me. Open your mouth and sing that song as if you mean it. Lift up your hand and say, Father, here am I. Touch me. All the men in the house, I know there are some boys here that are not yet fathers. Rise on your feet and say, and pray that prayer with us. You are a boy, you are a boy in the house. Rise on your feet and pray that. And lift up your hand and say, Father, touch me. As the Lord wants somebody. Here am I. Touch, touch me. Here am I. Here am I. Touch me. Touch me. Here am I. Here am I. Touch me. As the Lord wants somebody. Here am I. Father, I pray for these your sons. Pray for them. Father, establish them. Father, lift them up. They will not fall. They will not fail. Father, these ones will be channels of blessing. 
I speak unto whatever stands as a hindrance in your life. It is uprooted in the name of Jesus. Whatever hinders the move of God in your life and upon you is shall by uprooted in the name of Jesus. Beginning from this day, you will be a shining light. Beginning from this day, you will be found where the Lord has placed you. Beginning from this day, you will not be found wanting. The Lord will smile upon you. I said the Lord will smile upon you. Every generational limitations that operated before you, I terminate them right now in the name of Jesus. Your children will serve God. Your children will blossom. Your children will flourish. The name of the Lord will glorify in their lives. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be in Jesus' name. The man can sit down. I want the woman to stand up. Let the woman stand up. Let the woman stand up. Let Father, I commit this, your daughters into your hands. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands if you are standing up. Lift up your hands. Whatever belongs unto these ones that the enemy has taken, I restore today in the name of Jesus. Whatever stands as an avenue whereby the enemy is touching this land, I block it up today in the name of Jesus. I decree that from these days, Lord, these ones will flourish. I said these ones will flourish. I said these ones will flourish. In the place you have planted them, they will not be found wanting. Women are builders. I speak to the lives of every one of these, our mothers, and every one of our daughters. I said these ones will build. I said these ones will build. I said, these ones will build. They will not fall. They will not fail. Is there any of, our, any of these ones that are signing up that is at that time of saying, I want to settle down? Father, settle your daughters. Is there any man that has come across these ones to deceive them? I cut that man off right now in the name of Jesus. Any man that will not establish your purpose in the lives of these daughters of Zion, I call them up in the name of Jesus. Amen. The man that will build a home that you will be proud of, I release into the lives of your daughters in the name of Jesus. Amen. The grace to be the mothers that will teach your heritage the ways of the Lord, I release upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are the God of mercy. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. We started with one prayer point. We said, Lord, let me not fail you. I pray for everyone present here today. You will not fail God. I said you will not fail God. On the day of visitation, you will not be found wanting. Is there anyone listening to me who is not born again? This is the day of visitation. This is the day for you to say, Lord, I yield my life to you. Maybe you are watching online. You're not giving your life to Jesus. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, I come before the throne of grace. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Satan, every agreement between us, I cut off in the name of Jesus. I am for Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name.